This is the Status No Podcast. Have you tried to keep up with the status quo and pursue Jesus wholeheartedly? We have learned that this is a huge conflict of interest. So we have decided to chase after him instead of the status quo. How can we be true disciples of Jesus and not bow to the status quo that is in direct opposition? That's the big question. Thanks for tuning in and welcome home. How we doing, pretty kitty? Ew, that's the worst one so far. Yeah. Stop talking. <laughs> so gross. You like that one. No, I saw it on your face. That your was eyes easy. lit up. You got that was eye rolling. You started blushing. Baby. Oh, I was uncomfortable. That was, I was outraged. It was I'm, skeezy. I think we got a winner. Oh, that's worse than being cat called. We got a winner. Ew. I think it's true. <laughs> nope, nope, not at that one. <laughs> that was yes, the right one. Yes, no. pretty kitty. How we doing? You were tonight, right the first my time. Dear. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Rose. <laughs> Welcome to the status. No, I am Nick. I'm Amber. And it's good to be with y'all yet again. Indeed. Yeah. I killed a bucket of chickens today. Amber Louise, you don't have to say everything on this podcast. <laughs> I know, but I'm always talking. That's the thing on my mind is You know chickens. what? We live, we learn, and sometimes we hatch some more chickens got to pay the cost of our lessons. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. Um, At least we never made this mistake with our children. Oh, my gosh. You know, we- I think that's where it counts. That's where we got to count our victories. Yeah, we let, like, several chicks die, but... We've got four healthy kids that have not even come close to death yet. Before you guys call PETA, that's the the people that, the animal people, right? Yeah. Okay. Before yeah. you guys call PETA, it was an accident. I didn't, it wasn't like gross negligence. I just had a bucket of baby chicks and I. Well, don't say a bucket. It sounds like you're keeping them in like a five gallon bucket. <laughs> it's it's like not like a paint bucket. It's, it's a like- crate and they're baby chicks and they had like fresh bedding and water and food and I put them outside and it wasn't really hot but it was pretty warm and I think that their water thing got clogged up with wood chips. Well yeah and- because when you don't have a brain like chickens and you just take your bedding and throw it in your water bowl and soak <laughs> up all the water yeah that kind of happens. And so I think they got dehydrated and died. They were great this morning. I left and they would put them outside so they can have some fresh air and they were safe from predators and they had all this stuff and they were fine and I came home and they were all dead with flies on them it was really sad it was really sad yep well like i said farm life what do you do you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think that i'm learning that we're um city people living in the country nope i disagree you might be Mm. i think that i'm I'm i think i was at my core always supposed to be out here i think so well i'm learning i'm pushing myself i'm not trying to be um over compassionate towards everything i'm just having to learn and get used to yeah get used to things as if you want to have livestock there it's for a purpose yeah you know and you have to treat it that way you can't have chickens as pets or you know like they're not producing something they have to go it's it's the way of life yeah i always think about farmers who that's like their livelihood and then something like that happens and that is not just oh it's unfortunate it's like oh that's money out the window right that's so much money wasted. Right. That's food that's not on the table mm-hmm. now. 
my dad was having a talk with me about that. He's like, now, don't you keep these chickens once they stop laying? You know, you have to you have to add chickens to the flock every year and you have to get rid of some every year because once they stop laying for you, they're not worth their feed. Don't keep them as pets. That's right. And um, so I'm going to have to I'm going to have to approach it that way. And if that breaks y'all's little heart, I'm sorry you're not farmers like us. <laughs> this yeah. is real life, people. Right. Where do you think your eggs come from? <laughs> not the same chicken. <laughs> and you gotta you gotta kill animals to get meat. So there's that too. No, that's right. Life is tough. Mm-hmm. Suck it up, Buttercup. Well, you have a lot of sayings today. Get ready, pretty kitty. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's terrifying. Yeah. No, it's not. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. No. Pretty kitty is terrifying. Stop saying that. Stop it. Oh, my God. Make it stop somebody. <laughs> I hope I get nothing but support from that nickname because I think it's a winner. I think it topped the charts. I, think, I didn't expect that reaction from you. If you wouldn't have given me that reaction, I would have just chucked it in the bucket with the other ones. You know what? Things like that get people registered on lists, Nick. What are you talking about? There are lists. What are you talking people about? People who say things like that. Not to their wives, there's not. It's creepy. It's not. It's creepy. It's endearing. No. Love it. Mm. What do you think living a life of faith looks like? Like... An actual life of faith. Not... The question of the ages. Oof. I like to think that I'm good in this area. Don't we all? But but then when I th- actually think about it, I don't know how well I actually live by faith. I think we're going to be continually challenged on it until the day we die. It's like a lot of things where you think you work on it and you grow in it. And so you think, wow, great. Taking leaps and strides. And then God like reveals another. He's like, nah, great. But that's where I realized I wasn't good at it because I'm, I can't really think of any leaps and strides I've taken in faith. Oh, yikes. That's not true. Well, then encourage me. What leaps <laughs> and strides have I taken? Because I. Um, first of all, we're. Just our salvation is by well, faith. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, just yeah. us believing That's true. that God is there. I can say you, the way you react to things differently than you did before yeah. you were walking with Jesus, that I think is, is an act of faith. Okay. So I, when I think about faith, I think the proof, proof of faith is obedience. Mm-hmm. Um, if you believe God, if you trust him and you believe him, then you obey and that's right. the act of faith to me. Okay. So, or you move forward in that in that way of obedience anyway. And that is the proof of faith. So every time you've been obedient to something that God has said to you, you've had faith that okay. he was right, that he knows better than you, that he's good in right. that area. And then when you haven't obeyed him or you don't obey him, you don't believe him that you have unbelief somewhere. Right. Right, And I think that maybe that's where I get tripped up is the difference between trusting God, having faith in God, doubting God. And maybe I'm thinking of leaps and bounds like, I quit my job in faith. 
Yeah. Or stupidity, either one. No, I'm betting, hey, it all worked out. Yeah, I get it. Or, you know, know. because I keep thinking, what if God asked me to quit my job? Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes God might have asked me to quit my job and I'm too scared to leave it. Because I think the numbers don't add up. That doesn't make any sense. I don't think God wants me here, (laughs) but the numbers don't add up. Like, God, provide another way. Yeah. And I've even had people tell me like, oh, well, God will provide it after after you obey and that's been that's been a hard one that i've been struggling with for like a year now yeah is i'm like how could god be telling me maybe he he has that for me eventually and just hasn't provided the way for it but yeah that's i would i'm god i'm gonna need some real confirmation before i go making that step and hurting our family like if god if i get confirmation like and it's undoubtedly god i'd do it because but I, if it's undoubtedly God, is it faith? Right. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, if he provides confirmation, that, though. But if it's that clear, yeah. because I feel like there's going to, mm, I don't know. That's tricky. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, anyone listening to this, you guys have got to write to us and tell us. Like, write it on the- You can write it at the statusnopod at gmail.com. Right. Or put it in the Q&A on, if you're on Spotify or any, I think most of the podcast platforms have it. Like, where the podcast is hosted. It so has you're a, looking at me like, I, like Nick, you're the one that set this up. You should no, know. No, no, I'm telling here. people. <laughs> I'm telling you. So on at, wherever you watch the podcast, there is a, sp- a space for Q&A where you can put your questions or comments. And so you can tell us what you think about this. You can put it on our Facebook or on our Instagram at the Status No Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. That's where you can find us. Um. But send us a message or comment on one of our posts and tell us what you think about this because I'm I'm curious to know. Yeah, because that's a, that's a real thing. Like if there is no think, doubt, well, is you, it faith? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're not choosing to believe. I believe God confirms things. Sure, like, and that you there's Bible for that. God, there is definitely scripture to back up God con, confirming. <laughs> right, confirmation, mm-hmm. getting confirmation from God. There's scripture for that. Right. But even with confirmation, there's yeah. still a level of doubt. There's Absolutely. still a level, a, still a level of not knowing because he's not going to confirm everything, right? I think it's more like, yeah, you're on the right track. That's interesting. But mm-hmm. then he could confirm everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's so convoluted. But that's where my brain's at. Like my brain feels convoluted on this issue. Uh huh. Yeah. Because I want to live a life of faith. I right. want everything that God has for me. So I know we cannot please God unless we have faith. Mm-hmm. It talks about that in Hebrews, which we'll get into here in a minute. But we, we have to live a life of faith to please God. And I think you're right. I think there's more instances of our faith and just our day-to-day relationship with him, right? which is pleasing to him. I don't think it takes massive extremes like we're just talking about, like quitting your job and just believing God's going to provide I think those are instances that are very true, and then God does ask people to do that. Mm-hmm. But that's not—that's more like the exception instead of the rule, right? And when in terms of our everyday life, living a life of faith, sure. it's not always going to be this massive. It's just these little things, like like you said, is God asking you to do something? Okay, well that's living a life of faith if you're being obedient, right? When it comes to like praying for somebody for healing, how about that? Yeah, that takes some faith. Mm-hmm. And deliverance, that takes faith. There's a lot of things that take faith. It, I can't ever get over the disciples. How, how many times they were rebuked for having like 
poor faith. My my kids laugh so hard whenever I'm reading these parts of the Bible with them because I'm always like imitating because I'll like kind of play it out like the way I thought it went. Yeah. And they think it's like so funny, but it's true. I always like imagine Jesus being like, oh, when will you guys just believe? When will you have faith? Like he just, it seems like he just gets so sick of them not believing so many times. I just think it's the the funniest thing, like the whole thing um, where they couldn't cast out the demon. And he's just like, oh, you guys, it's because you didn't have enough faith. Like how long must I be with you? Like how long? And I heard something interesting about that. And you and okay. I have talked about this before about that when they couldn't cast out the demon, uh-huh. he says you didn't have enough faith. Right. What he was talking about there was it wasn't a, the amount of faith that they had because it takes the faith, the size of a mustard seed to move a mountain, to do miraculous things, to do the impossible, a tiny, tiny sliver of faith. It's how long suffering is your faith. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when I pray for that demon to get cast out and it doesn't happen, you know, in a couple minutes of praying for this person, and I'm like, well, maybe another time. Well, at that point, my faith stopped for that demon to come out. Is that why he was talking about um, then they needed to fast? Yeah. Mm. It's having a con- Continual life of faith. So, like, no matter what happens, I still have faith. Yeah, because I didn't see it come out, but I have faith that demons out. Right. Because eventually that will come to pass. Right. I'm going to hope and I'm going to believe for. The Bible says that faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. Mm. Hmm. So we have faith before it happens, and when it happens, he gets the credit. Yes. Because we knew it was going to happen. Yes. Wow. Because if everything happened as soon as we Mm -hmm. commanded it. Sure. It wouldn't take much faith for us to to do anything. Yeah, that's true. Because it would just be so simple. It would would be like having a magic genie. Yeah. It's not what this is. Right. Hmm. That's food for thought. I can see that. So what do you think about... I'm trying to think of, there was like another instance with the disciples that I was thinking of about the faith. Dang, I lost it. Oh, brain, get it together. What's wrong with your brain? (laughs) (laughs) It's just so tired from holding all of these thoughts. No. (laughs) From holding all these damn children. (laughs) That's what it's from. Thinking about all the children things. All the kiddos. Yes. Yes. You guys know we have a lot of kids, right? A lot of them. You know, we've had, um, it felt like we had our first kid forever, right? Faith, she was just there forever, it feels like. And then we had Hattie, some, we had two kids. Then the next two just like popped up all of a sudden. <laughs> and Very unexpected and... And only one year apart, like exactly one year apart. Yeah. Their birthdays are one year and one day apart. So after we had kid number four, we were in the car one day going um, to, I think, a softball game or church or something. I don't know. But we stopped at a gas station. 
and Nick was filling up the car and I just looked back and saw all these kids in the car and I started just laughing hysterically, like real hysteria. I don't even know what came over me, but I was, I don't know if I was crying or laughing. Um, and Nick was like, what? What's so funny? I'm like, all these kids, there's so many kids in this car. They're all ours. All these kids are ours. There's so many. <laughs> and I just couldn't get over it. It was the most ridiculous thing. And I, I just couldn't stop laughing. And I was like, almost crying it was the, the like madness and the kids were like yeah. mom okay like first they were kind of giggling and then they, they were yeah. concerned everybody was worried <laughs> <laughs> and they had every right to be <laughs> oh, man oh so in hebrews in chapter 11 it is great examples of faith and so it talks about a lot of the stories in the bible that um, we're people of faith. Yeah. And it's funny because like each line of each paragraph, it starts, it starts with, it was by faith that, and then they go into examples like, um, it was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. And then, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. It was by faith that, it was by faith that, it was by faith that. And I think I get so caught up in living a life of purpose that I think everything has to be this big extravagant show of faith or it's these big decisions that that matter but if if you really think about all these guys that the bible's talking about they were people just like us yeah they lived day-to-day lives just like us. well not just like us much more difficult lives but they were they worked all day, every day. They yeah. they had relationships with people in the communities. They had conversations like you and I have. They purchased and traded things. They endured conflict. Endured and- con- way more conflict than we could ever imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They fought wars. They They mm-hmm. did all these things that normal people do, but they were counted as special. Right. Why? Yes, they had some big victories that were all credited to faith, Mm -hmm. which is what this chapter is talking about. But it's all the little victories, all the little instances of faith that led up to those big victories. They led a life of faith Mm -hmm. from the time they woke up to the time they went to sleep. And even when they were sleeping, God was giving them dreams. Yeah. But it was their entire lifestyle mm-hmm. was faith. But what does that actually look like when you're at work or when you're raising kids or practicing softball? I don't, I keep, and that's the question I keep asking myself, what is it? I don't think it looks like anything. I think it looks like normal life. Yeah. I think it looks like us striving to love one another. Yes. 
because we know that's what he's commanded us to do. Yes. I think it's striving to help encourage people mm-hmm. to make people's lives better. Mm-hmm. I think that's what a life of li- or a life of faith looks like. It's just modeling Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's hearing and obeying. That's what the Bible says. Hear and obey. That's all it says. I think that this this step in between hearing and obeying is faith. It's yeah. believing. You have to trust, and and that's how you you believe by trusting. Yeah. And then that causes you to have faith, and then now you act in faith, and that's the obedience part. Right. And so, yeah, hear and obey. We hear the word and we obey it. That's what it's calling us to do. And people who live those lives of obedience, it, it isn't, you're right, like the big grandiose things. Mm-mm. It's the small things. Even, you know, when I think about the story of Esther, at no point was she like, oh, the Lord came out of the sky and he gave me this quest to go on and and then I asked for confirmation through three sources and then once I got it and then I went ahead and took that leap of faith and went ahead and became the went ahead and put in my application to become queen. Yeah. She just did the next right thing in front of her. Mm-hmm. So she just lived her life all to the glory of God and obeyed obeyed the laws, obeyed her authorities, obeyed yep. the commands and did the right honorable thing in front of her. Yep. All the way through in fact, I don't even remember her. their things saying that she prayed about things. It was literally just talking about the next things that she did and um, and how that led to this great triumph for her people. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great example that, and not necessarily that story, but just that concept that there's nothing you or I could do that could, God's will is going to be done. Yes. There's always going to be somebody to do his will. That's right. Or to get his will accomplished. Right. And in real reality, he doesn't even need if us. we all said yeah. no, his will would get accomplished. Right. None of us would like it, but his will would be accomplished. Right. The word says that. His kingdom will be established. Period. Period. Yeah. It doesn't matter what we say or do. Mm-hmm. Fact. So I can't be afraid of messing up God's will. Mm-hmm. Where is my heart? That's what we should be looking at. Uh, living a life of faith should be very simple. Mm-hmm. In, in the sense of, we shouldn't stress of, are we living a life of faith? <laughs> or what is this supposed to look like? What does faith look like? <laughs> well, I get so caught up in that, and it adds so much anxiety to my life. Because uh, because I want so badly to be pleasing to him. I'm like, I agree. Yeah, is this right? He's like, dude, relax. Like, you're making this relationship with me a way bigger deal than it needs to be. I love you. I love you. Just love me. Worship me. Obey me. We're good. Yeah. And your life is going to be fantastic. Enjoy your life. Yeah. Live it abundantly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He, He wants us to have, like, us having godly relationships or relationships with our kids, that's worship to him. Yes. Us conversating about him and his goodness is worship mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. And the more we have those conversations, I think the more passionate we get about God. Absolutely. Which which makes living a life of faith your lifestyle. 
like sure when you're close to God, it, it it's not even a thought that you just begin to go to Him with everything. Mm. Now, whether I end up trusting Him in those areas, I like finances. I still, I know, I still have a pro, for some reason have a problem trusting Him with finances. I I say that I do when I want to, but my actions don't correlate with absolutely with my wants. Me too. I think that that's why today when you saw me like highlighting verses and stuff, I yeah. I just want to have as much of his truth as possible so I can yeah. start speaking that out and meditating right. on that because I know that I have unbelief in that area as much as I I say that I believe and I I want to I want to think that I believe. Um I know because of my actions. Like I said, there's points where I'm not obeying or able to act in faith. So I know there's unbelief. Yes. And so how do I change that unbelief? You know? Mm-hmm. And so it's by hearing the word of God. It has to be. You have to keep tracing it back. So would you say that in those areas, I don't have faith in God in those areas if I don't trust God? Yes. Would, would Are they, I guess my question is, are those one and the same? I think so. I think so too. I don't think they are the same, but I think that they go together. Yeah. So faith comes by hearing mm-hmm. and hearing by the word of God. Yep. So if we're lacking faith, then we need to go back to the word. We need to hear it. We need to hear it. We need to hear it. We need yep. to hear it. We have to meditate on it, internalize it, and let it transform and renew our minds and ask, and of course, ask God. We have to repent. They, how many times in the Bible somebody repented for their unbelief? Yeah. And then um, ask him to change us. Right. You know, we repent and we say we're sorry and then confess with our mouths what yeah. the word says. You know, we line up ourselves with what the word says. Yeah. Right? Yes. I mean, that's the theory anyway. <laughs> that's what they say, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's real. It's the, um, do you hear that noise? The music? No. Here are some of my headphones. It's probably all in my head. Don't worry. Um, yeah, just hear the music. Okay. Pray and prophesy. What about it? When it says like that, when it says it in the Bible, pray and prophesy, it says it together. What Many about times. it? There's <laughs> a lot about it. In fact, that's going to be a whole other episode. But when you prophesy in that way, it's not the same thing as like the Old Testament prophets coming out and having this huge declaration um, that something verbatim that God wants to say to the people. Pray When you prophesy, you are really just speaking God's truth. Yes. And you're declaring it out loud. Yes. And so, yes. I love, just real fast, I love that distinction that you just made because the way I used to view prophecy was I had to hear something very specific from God or get a random mm-hmm. picture and then be like, God's showing me a red balloon <laughs> tied to a blue string. Like a word of knowledge. And it's very specific. It's got six inch curls. <laughs> and a baby duck tied on the bottom. Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> That's what I thought prophecy was. And it like, could be. And, and it absolutely yeah. is. And it absolutely it can is. Be. But it's so much more than that. Yes. It's just declaring scripture over your life and yes. declaring his promises over your life or somebody else's life. That and and believing it. Yes. That's prophesying. It is saying what God is saying. Yes. So whether that is something God is saying directly to you, showing you in a picture, and Uh then you're saying it, or if it's something from the word, it's still prophesying. Mm -hmm. 
And so, and that's something that everybody can do. And it's so powerful. Yeah. And it's, it is something that changes your faith. It absolutely is. When you, um, and this may be all another episode too. Don't write me hate mail about this. So when you speak in tongues, yes, you can speak in tongues. When you speak in <laughs> tongues in your prayer language, um, it's not weird and spooky. Um, well, we can talk about this on another episode. But when you speak in your prayer language and it builds your faith and it edifies your spirit and the Holy Spirit is basically praying through you, it changes your prayers from just saying whatever random stuff is on your mind to yeah. starting to say what is on God's mind. Yes. Because all of a sudden you'll start having different thoughts and you would just speak them out loud. And that's prophesying. Yeah. I mean, they have to align with the Bible. So basically it's God praying through you and yes. you're aligning yourself with yes. what he's saying. It's not that you're running around speaking out and declaring random things that you want to come to pass. You're not right. like, oh, and thank you for no, that no, Mercedes no. in my driveway, no, Lord. Like, no, like like you said, and you, you clarified that perfectly. Thank you. It is God praying through you. Yes. So the way it was explained to me was it's the Holy Spirit praying God's will through you. Yes. When you when you don't know what to pray for, or you are just speaking in tongues because you know what it is, mm-hmm. it's it's the Holy Spirit praying God's will through you, right? In your prayer language, yes. You disagree with that? I'm sorry, I can't debate you on it because I don't know. I just know it to be true to me. Right. We're not scholars. We're just talking about our experience here. I'm sick of you putting us on blast and making us <laughs> seem dumber than we are. We're professional and professionals. <laughs> What'd you call us before? Novice podcasters? Uh, uh, I don't know. N- novel scholars? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Probably <laughs> novice experts, something like that. You um, can't say novice experts because it sounds like you just said novice sexperts. <laughs> Dirty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More than a novice there. (laughs) Intermediate. (laughs) My level of expertise is intermediate. Oh, my gosh. Not novice. (laughs) Or complete expert. Oh, who knows? Um, Okay. So when we talk about pray and prophesy. Yeah. And this is directly linked to faith because faith is... Faith can be built this way. Um, yeah. And it's because you're aligning yourself with what God is saying. Mm-hmm. And you're allowing yourself to hear what he is saying. Yeah. And it, and the way I believe it works, I have no scripture to back this up. I'm just going to say that, is that it um, it gets you out of the way. Yes. And how else, like when you have a lot on your mind, how else, when... So I'm going to use this example again, and I know I've talked about this before, but just so I can use this illustration because it works so perfectly. When Nick left and I was devastated, all I could think about was my devastation. And so my prayers, it just felt like I was repeating the same things all the time. And I was just saying random stuff to God and I was just hurt and frustrated. But what changed is, is when... I stopped saying me, 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 my, my, my Lord help me and making it all about me and saying, 
okay, Lord, I surrender. I clearly cannot run my own life. I'm not qualified. Lord, what do you say? Yeah. And starting to, and that's when I started speaking in my prayer language more. And then anything that came to mind, I would just declare those things out loud. Lord, thank you that that Nick is coming to a saving knowledge of you. Thank you that you're redeeming the situation. Thank you that you are tearing down every single lie that's being believed and declaring those things. But those were things that just came up as I was praying in my mm. prayer language. And so I would declare those things out. And it wasn't just things that I made up that I wanted to happen. They were things that God was birthing in my spirit. And mm-hmm. all those things have come to pass. And there is there's a laundry list of things that I walked around this house declaring in those times. And I've watched every single one of them come to pass. I mean, even detailed ones. Like one time I, I was just walking around my house and uh, praying, just praying, doing what I was just saying, declaring whatever God was putting on my heart. And one of the things was even a very specific place that I saw Nick doing a spiritual ritual, like mm-hmm. a witchcraft ritual. And I said, um, Lord, thank you that this will be a place that Nick will have an intimate moment with you where he will declare that you are God and no one else. And it will be a place that will be more than redeemed for your glory. Yeah. And, and I totally forgot about it until that happened until the situation happened. And then he brought it back to my remembrance about how that was something that was prophesied mm-hmm. and that he, he told me and then I spoke it out. I prophesied it and then it happened. Yeah. And so it was God's will coming to pass, but there was a step of faith in there. I got to tell you, just remembering instances like that, I have no doubt that it was your yes that saved my life. That God showed mercy on me, not necessarily just because of me, but because of the prayers that you prayed for me. Because of you standing in the gap for me and declaring those things over me, I feel like God honored that, and it's the sole reason why everything took place the way that it did. And I just am blown away at his goodness and your faithfulness and your partnership with him for me. Yeah. It just, it is so humbling. And it's humbling for me because even in that time, talk, talk about faith. Because, I was just going to say, we talk about a faith conversation. Yeah. So even in that time, I mean, you, we're talking about him saving your life because you did all these things that were more socially unacceptable, but he saved my life. <laughs> it's a very peaceful right. way to say that. <laughs> but yeah, you were screwing up big time and in ways that were like, you know, yeah. Wrecking like everyone's like perception of you, but me spiritually, I was screwing up too. And talk about a moment of pride because my first conversations were, Lord, I don't understand. I did everything your way. How could you let this happen to me? Those were my first conversations. God, how could you let this happen? I yeah. saved myself for marriage. I found somebody in the church that loved you and I waited for people to confirm that this is who I'm supposed to be with. How could you let this happen to me? I did everything your way. I made myself believe that. And it was so prideful because then he was able to point out to me how I didn't do things his way. 
Mm. He pointed out to me the times that instead of looking to please God, I chose to make you and our marriage an yeah. idol. Yeah, yeah. And um and put that above pleasing him. Right. How I I thought I could perform to do well and be a good enough wife on my own. I couldn't do that. I'm not qualified to do anything without him. Mm-hmm. And how I really believed that I could do all these things without him. I could be successful if I worked hard enough. I'm a smart girl. I can figure this out. Guess what? I couldn't. I failed a couple of businesses. It was awful. Yeah. And because I'm not smart enough on my own and hard work enough, hard work alone wouldn't get me there. And I couldn't be a perfect enough wife. I did everything right. And still somehow things came crumbling down. I did everything right. Like if you were to measure standards, if you wanted to pull out a metric and like mark the cards, you know, as a wife, I did everything right. Yeah. And still it all fell apart. And why? Because I did them. I did it. Nothing was submitted to God. I wasn't depending on him. I wasn't looking to him. I wasn't trying to glorify him. It was it was me embracing my orphan spirit and not making my identity in Christ. Mm. That everything was up to me. That's nobody so nobody else was going to be looking out for me. It was up to me and I had to do it all. Right. And look where that got me. Yeah. And that was a part that was the humbling part for me. And so you know where we always tell when we've talked about it before, we've always talked about you know what it looked like on your end and all these atrocious things you did. But in God's side, I was plenty rebellious. In fact, I was worse because yeah. at least you were saying like the truth of how you were treating God. I was making myself believe I was uh, just acting godly. I, I was a Pharisee, you know, mm. it was the Pharisee within me. And um, so you might've been the prodigal, but I was the Pharisee. Wow. And, and those were equally bad. My life came crumbling down also because of me. It's funny in God, yeah, in God's eyes, it it looks exactly the same. Yeah. Our <clears throat> sin itself looks exactly the same in God's eyes. It doesn't matter the severity of human standards of it. In right. God's eyes, sin is sin. Mm-hmm. And rebellion is rebellion. Right. Period. Yeah. Whether you're <laughs> I'm trying to think of a funny drug example. <laughs> <laughs> Sniffing coke off of Oh my god. Whatever. <sighs> Or just deliberately disobeying something he's saying to you. Being prideful and rebellious. Yeah. I didn't believe. Yeah. I would never have said that out loud, but I didn't believe that I needed God. Right. I didn't believe that. And then in those moments after I was getting upset with God and telling him, how could you let this happen to me when I did everything your way? I performed. He was able to show me, no, no, you didn't. You did not do this my way um, and showed me where the shortcomings were. It was in my relationship with him and what an ugly reality, honestly, what an ugly reality. So let's bring this back to faith, to the faith conversation, because a couple of years before this happened, after we had our second No, I was pregnant with our second daughter and I was just starting to show and I told my work that I was pregnant. And not long after that, I suddenly was let go for reasons that feel fabricated. Um, They weren't, and I was, I was showing, I couldn't go get another job (laughs) who's going to hire me. And so I was, 
you know, qualified for unemployment, all that. And so it definitely was like, at least for sure, the next six months, I'm going to be at home, Lord. And I asked God, what do you want me to do with this time? Like, what would you, what project would you have me work on? Where should I be focusing with this extra time? And I know that God told me that I would, should pray. That's what I should do with all my extra time. I should pray. Lord, that is a lot of extra prayer. I know then at that time I was, I was lazy with what he had told me to do and I would let myself get distracted from it and just not think about whether or not that was God telling me to pray. And I would do it sometimes, but not really. I don't, I don't think that it was the things that happened after that in our life were necessarily a punishment Mm -hmm. for me not praying. Right. However, I think that God was knew that those things would happen. So he was telling me to pray to protect me from those things happening. Yeah. And so maybe things would have looked a little bit different had I obeyed. Um, and that, that was a faith issue. So God told me to pray. That's what I should be doing with the next six months of my extra time is praying. And so it sounds so trivial, but had I had faith and trusted, had I trusted God that he knew best for me, I would have obeyed, and then who knows what things would look like. Do you feel like faith is a muscle? As in, because you said something a little bit ago uh, that struck me, hmm. and you said something about um, something about building faith. Oh, I don't think it's a muscle. I think that because because I because I think faith is built. Mm-hmm. Faith is built up, and you were talking about faith is built by hearing mm-hmm. and hearing the word of God. Right. I I agree with that because when you hear testimonies, yes, of what God has brought people out of. Mm-hmm. or testimonies of healing or testimonies of whatever it may be. I know Guy is big, 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 big on testimonies. Mm-hmm. He will just look up random testimonies and listen to those throughout the day. Yeah. And it builds his faith for what God is capable of doing. Right. Because if we only measure God's capabilities based on what he's done in our lives, well, that's going to limit what we think he can do. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, the Bible like, says like if, like if we only measure God's faithfulness off how faithful he's been to us so far. Yikes. That yeah, limit that really that's limits a good point. what God can do. That's a good point. So if we're hearing other people's stories and that happens by being in community. Yeah. We we have I, I think faith is similar to like a muscle to where you have to exercise it. And you have to pay attention to it, and you have to uh, be intentional about it. You definitely have to be intentional about it. But so that's what the word says, right? About the blood of the lamb and the power of the testimony. Yes. By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. You're welcome for my song. 
I spend a thousand dollars a week on vocal lessons, and that's what I get. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, stop quoting horrible movies. That Faith, get in here and bring us home. <laughs> oh my god, she'd be so delighted to be in that family. Um, let's not talk about all the unsanctified things we've seen in our past. Anybody else get the reference to Step Brothers? Because if you did, then you should I'm repent. I'm so too. glad you got that reference. Of course, I did. You're the best. Oh, <laughs> thank God <laughs> that the Lord has saved me from that level. That level of entertainment. Um. Okay. What are you talking about? Uh, you, you, what? If we turned that sucker on right now, we would both still die laughing. Maybe you know it's true. Mm, maybe. Yeah. That, that is, there might be a couple more parts that make us cringe, but we'd still find it funny. I was still finding hilarious. I'm not saying things wouldn't be enjoyed, but we don't obey because <laughs> we would we enjoy what God tells us. <laughs> there's a whole there's a like look, I'm tired of your religious attitude, okay, lady? You just, <laughs> I'm obeying and let believing. Me enjoy my Will Ferrell. See, now that is a place <laughs> that I do a little better at is when God I believe that God tells me like entertainment wise, yeah. don't watch that. Don't listen to that. Oh man. I believe him and trust him that he knows what's best for me. Me too. And so even if I don't like really know like why, I mean, there's, there's shows that I don't honestly understand why, but I trust that he knows what's best for me Yeah, and I'm not going to watch that. And yep. that's an act of faith. Yeah. Um, so what I was saying though about faith growing, uh-huh. I believe that it happens when, um, because it, I think it's a trust issue. Yep. When you trust, then you have faith and then you obey. Yes. So if you believe for healing for something and then God heals that, the next time something that needs healing of that same level, it will be easier to have faith for it. Yes. Like you don't know, you don't have a certainty, but you will have more faith for it because you've seen right. God do it before. So you trust that, that he will do it. Right. Um, and, but maybe something greater, maybe harder to have faith for still. Right. So, so like building like in a new relationship, having a track record, you know, where you brick by brick, stone <laughs> by stone. <laughs> You're killing it with the music tonight. Oh, babe. Oh man. Lyrical genius. You guys know that about Nick? He's the songbird of our generation. Put some respect on my name. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Oh, if you know that reference to repent. Mm. Let's just make reflexes. <laughs> okay. What opportunities are you seeing for growing faith in your life? Because that's where we started. You're like, I don't know that I... That I live by faith. Um, I think it's more so in the areas of, and and this might just have, or might be areas of growth that I need to address. Areas like finances, areas yeah. like my future, mm-hmm. like the plans that he has for me. Mm-hmm. I think when you work as much as I do, mm-hmm. you just get, that's just the mindset you live in mm-hmm. is when you're at work for 12 hours a day, five days a week, that's a lot of time in that place. Yeah. And so it's very hard for me to trust and know 
that eventually I'm not going to be at that place and I'm going to be doing something else. Part of me feels, I don't know, I just don't, it's hard for me to believe that. That's reasonable. Um, so it's areas like that. It's it's more life, mm-hmm. like helping me guide my life. Mm-hmm. But it's also how many years of me trying to navigate this myself and figure this out myself. So, of course, it takes time to get into the habit of trusting him and obeying him. Sure. That is, it, that's that faith that's being built up for me to be able to fully give control to him. Mm-hmm. I think I have. I think I just still struggle in these areas to trust. Sure. But that's my desire. Mm-hmm. And I think God can work with that. My heart's desire is that every area of my life is pleasing to him. Right. Do I think I'll ever get there? I don't know. But that's my heart's desire, at least. Right. That's what I'm conscious of and I'm intentional of in my everyday life now. Mm-hmm. And I feel miserably a lot of the time, but my heart's desire. And that's what I go back to in with King David. It's not what his sin didn't define him. Right. Because Solomon did the same sins that his father did. Mm-hmm. But Solomon's heart wasn't after God's heart. He wasn't obedient to God. He didn't he wasn't quick to repent like David was. But David had faith that God was who he said he was and that he was good. Mm-hmm. And that he wanted his life to be pleasing to him. So he was quick to repent. It it wasn't about the the sin that he committed. It was about his heart. Right. David's heart was to please God. So yes, he failed miserably and did terrible things, but because of his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why he was counted as a man after God's heart. That's was, so good. Was because of his faith and his heart. So what I, I need to get out of my own way and realize that my life, if I'm going to seriously measure it to God's standards, my life is never going to meet those standards. Yeah. No matter how devout I am, mm-hmm. no matter how many hours I put into reading my Bible or worship or prayer, I'm still human at the end of the day. I still need Jesus. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have came and died if we could have figured this thing out and lived righteously. Yeah. He had to come because we could not figure it out. Yeah. We could not do it. Our sin was so great that we could not do it. So my desire is to please him. I have faith that every day he's bringing me closer to him and I'm getting closer to looking like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a healthy life of faith should look like. We should not get consumed with our behaviors. I think our behaviors change the closer we get to him, our desires change. Mm-hmm. And so we shouldn't stress about those things. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. If you're being obedient and you're able, God's able to speak to you about those things. I want to be very clear about that because I'm not saying just live however you want. It's not about that. God is going to ask you to change behaviors. Absolutely. God is going to ask you to change things about you. And things that you won't agree with or understand. Yeah. And that, that is the faith part. But when you are at a place where you're like, okay, I'm surrendered to you. Faith becomes your life. Yeah. Absolutely. It is it is just the everyday like 
God, I surrender today to you, and I believe that your will for my day today in my life is coming to pass. Mm-hmm. I'm open to hearing you. Please speak. You're living a life of faith. Absolutely. I think ultimately, and I'm I'm just kind of like piecing this together in the moment, like thinking about the things that I've said and that you're saying, mm-hmm. it seems to me that living in faith is more when we are making it about God and less about us. Yes. Because we can't, the, the times that I have the most problems trusting God and having faith mm-hmm. is when I make it about me. Yeah. Oh, but God, what about this? But last time that happened to me, I just feel mm. everything's about me. It's not about God. When I really want to live in faith. Yeah. It looks, even when I'm I'm struggling to believe, it really looks more like, okay, God, show me what you would have me do. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do it and I trust you. No yeah. matter what it ends up looking like, I'll trust you. Yeah. Just show me, show me, what do you say about this, Lord? And, and that's what I'll say. Yeah. And that's what I'll declare. And you make, and you do that. And then you make it what you say, even when you don't feel it, you say the thing that you've heard God saying. And when you get into the habit of doing that with all these small things in your day-to-day life, it just bleeds over into those big decisions. Yes. Like you're saying with work, Mm -hmm. like it's harder to have faith on the days that you're just like, oh, I hate this. This sucks. Yeah. I'm here for so long. Yeah. This just wears me out. This takes everything. And those things are all true and real laments, but- How do you have faith in those days? The days that you probably have more faith, the days that you're like, God, what will you have me do in this season here? What is what is your purpose for me here today? You're 100% right. God. My job gets way more tolerable when I'm closer to him and just asking him, hey, while I'm here, teach me everything I need to know. Right. What do you, what, today? You obviously have me here for a purpose. Right. What is that purpose? How and then I, I find purpose in my job. It's shocking. How do I bring you glory today? Yep. How do I... Lord, more of you, less of me. What is what does that look like, Lord? Show me. You yeah. show me your way. You show me your your will. What do you say? And those are the times that you can believe for God because you're hearing from God. You care about what God wants instead of you. Yeah, you can't have faith for God coming to pass on your will. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think that really is it. Like when we want God to like perform our will, then it's it's more of a struggle for sure. And then things don't come to pass, and then you're like, faith is. garbage yeah because honestly (sighs) the things that i have a harder time believing for are things that i'm jaded about because of things that i've done in my past on my will businesses that i wanted to do that i they weren't god's idea right they were things that i wanted to do and i wanted him to bless Mm -hmm. because he worked for me somehow in my twisted mind i wouldn't have said that but I wouldn't even have acknowledged that. But that, that truly was my attitude. Yeah. And so I feel even though uh, there's things that God's asking me to do now, still somehow those things have me a little bit jaded, but they're not the same. Right. And I think we have to continue to make those distinctions, like by yeah. asking every day, okay, Lord, this is what I'm feeling. What do you say? Yeah. So I think to start to wrap this up, in a nutshell, living a life of faith should just be having a relationship with him. Yeah. 
and being intentional about stewarding that relationship throughout your day to day. Yeah. Making it about offering your day to him when you wake up, inviting him into your day throughout the day with a heart of worship and just being intentional about living for him throughout your day. That I think that aligns us into living a life of faith. Yeah. So here's a a great example in closing. I just um, thank you, Holy Spirit, for this illustration. When Jesus says, Peter, walk to me or come to me. When he steps out of the boat, he goes to walk to Jesus. And Mm -hmm. Peter's then walking on water. But he doesn't even like really realize it right away, I don't think. When we're focused on what he says, Lord, what do you say? What did Jesus say to him? Walk to me. And when that was Peter's focus, everything was fine. Yep. But when that stopped being his focus, what Jesus was saying to him and just doing and obeying what Jesus said to him, when he started looking at like, oh, there's my feet. Oh, I'm on the water. How does this work? And yeah. he's trying to create logic and reason. Well, he started focusing on his surroundings, his situation. Yeah. His natural ability. Like yep. all all the other things came into play. Every all reason the of- facts. Yes. Good. Came into play. The facts came into play. But when he was just about, Lord, what do you say? Mm-hmm. Then he had faith and he was able to do it. But he was laser focused on what do you say? His eyes were on Jesus. Yes. So fix your eyes on Jesus. And that's also a good point. His eyes were on Jesus. But he still had to be intentional about keeping his eyes on Jesus. Yes. Yes. He was still able to take his eyes off Jesus. Mm-hmm. So he had to make a conscious effort in that moment to focus his eyes on yeah. Jesus. And that's the same with us. Every day we have to make that conscious effort yeah. to focus our eyes on Jesus because you go two, three, four days and it, you slip fast. Yeah, even less it, it than is, that. Yeah, it's... It takes a second. Yeah. You look... That whole example of Peter walking on water, you look at yourself, you look at your own abilities yeah, and in your own logic and your own reason, you rely on that and you sink. But fix your eyes on Jesus and listen to what he says because his ways are greater than our ways. Yeah. It's greater than our reasoning. It's greater than our abilities. Right. It's just greater. And that's the thing that we have to trust. And that's how we have faith by trusting that his ways are greater. Yeah. Than our own reason, our own logic, our own abilities. Don't overcomplicate it. Just fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. <laughs> We're terrible singers, guys. If only in my dreams. What? It's a Christmas song. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> remixing classic hymns oh boy it's time to call it a night yeah it is darling yeah it is all right until next time until next time we love you guys keep the faith goodbye good night and good day say good day (laughs) set the running pizza (laughs) 